This is Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 149. Thomas Miller, welcome back. When I started this four and a half years ago, I had no idea where it was going and that we would even get to 149 episodes. My goodness, look at where we are and where we're going to be going. Because this is a podcast of a number of shifts. Shifts in my own life, shifts in my geography, and shifts in where this podcast is going to go. And it all boils back to following our heart. If you go back to podcast 135, if you've not listened to that, I would really suggest you listen to it because that is the context that would help you understand what I'm going to be talking about in this podcast today. That podcast was an interview with Amir Zoji. It's interesting. It's interesting how all this stuff comes full circle. Oh, my goodness. I was introduced to Amir by Kira Sherman in Aspen. She had been mentored and studied under Amir for a number of years and had become involved in his programs before she moved back to the United States from Australia. And she told me about this program that Amir teaches called the WTF Experience and then his follow-up program called the OMG Coaching Program, which I and four other podcast listeners are going through now. What piqued my interest is that I asked Kira about it, and she said it completely changed my whole paradigm, changed everything about my outlook in life. Now, when somebody says that, my ears perk up. And really, my first filter is caution, warning, be careful. And then secondly, it's what is this teaching? What is this that would shift somebody's total paradigm? I mean, does that sound familiar? Is that not what I had to do in my own life was shift everything? So I looked into it, liked what I saw, went through the first program, WTF, now going through this deep dive immersion program, the OMG program. What really caught my attention, and it's very reflected in the podcast, number 135, it's in the interview, is when Amir talked about following his heart from one thing to the next to the next. He particularly talked about that in context of his businesses, specifically of going from a seminar promoter or a speaker promoter in Australia to doing his own workshops and seminars to leaving that whole business and then becoming a flight instructor, which he mentions in there was not just pulled out of the air. It was something that he was very interested in as a child. But then just by following his heart, he made that shift. Now, I think there's one point that we have to take into consideration, and that is you can jump around, obviously, way too much, right? I'm not by any means talking about becoming a, a lottery ball floating around up in the air, just going with the whim of the day. And I don't think that's Amir's teaching either. I mean, he had all of the things that he was doing, he had in his heart since he was a kid. So kind of the same thing with me and my broadcasting slash spiritual teaching. Both of these things have been in my heart for a long time. Well, I just completed a shift in my geography. Really, it's going to be a shift in a number of different things, as you'll hear unfold over the next multitude of podcasts. But it goes back, oh, I guess, probably all the way to last fall, really. I had been in Aspen for about two years at that point. Lifelong dream to live in Colorado. You know, sometimes when you have decided that you want to do something in your life and you get a window to do it, if you don't take that window then you might miss that opportunity. I had a fairly narrow window, and I decided to take the risk. And I didn't know if I was... When I loaded my Jeep in Dallas, 
and took off for Colorado, I had found temporary month-to-month, very affordable living situation, which basically doesn't exist in Aspen. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just go for a couple of months. It's really a joke in Aspen because you'll talk to people who say, oh, yeah, I came here to ski for 10 days in 1974, and I never left. (laughs) You meet so many people like that. So that's a common story to say, well, yeah, I just came here to check the place out, and I haven't left. I mean, it's spectacularly beautiful. The weather is probably the best in the whole state of Colorado. It's just an amazing, unique environment. So when I went up there in late 2015, I just, I didn't know. I thought, well, let's just give this a try. I've always wanted to do it. And, you know, if I end up skiing for a season and then come back, fine. Well, like with the others, winter turned into spring, turned into summer, which you can't resist, turned into fall, which is spectacularly beautiful with the aspen leaves turning, turned into next ski season, turned into, you know, the cycle goes on. Now, this year was a little bit different because in the fall, we didn't get the snow that we got before. So the value of an expensive ski pass in my book was getting lower because we really literally couldn't ski until you've heard it on the podcast until February of 2018 is when the ski season really began. And by then in Colorado, the weather is warming up. So that all aside, I was just, I I started to go, "Mm, maybe I ought to rethink this. Because if I was in the mountains for skiing, that wasn't the best. If I was in the mountains for the inspiration and the beauty, oh my gosh, it was a perfect location. However, the amazing place that I had found was only going to be available for about another year, and then it was going to be gone forever. So that was a short-lived situation. And then the other thing is, with what I really want to do with my life, Uh, How do I explain this? Aspen is in a very remote location. Yes, they do have an airport, but during the seasonal times, it's about three times as much to buy a ticket in and out of there as to anywhere else. And Denver is about four hours away on a good day. It can be five or six hours away on a snow day. In fact, you can get caught on the interstate in Colorado. One time it took me almost nine hours to get from Denver to Aspen. So that's part of the beauty of it, is its remoteness. But to a degree, I was starting to feel isolated. And this was one of the biggest things that I had to deal with. And this is huge in this journey that we are all on, is not holding things too tightly. I had to very deliberately make sure that I was not holding my Colorado experience or my Aspen experience too tightly. What do I mean by that? I mean by like that the amazing housing situation that I had was going to go away. And what would that mean? Or just by thinking, gosh, this is too good to be true. And in essence, by that, self-destructing it. And there are so many other things, attachments that we can make to our current situation that we might want to hold on to that we become clingy to it, and that, as we know in the universal model, will actually repel it away, right? So I had done that work and had pretty much released it, and I I felt that I was in a pretty neutral position. Well, this is what was really cool. So the last day of skiing, which was April 15th, I went with my yogi buddy, Hemet, but I had this prompt to take a journal with me, and to peel off during some part of the day and just spend some time by myself with the journal. That was a very clear prompt. 
So I did. I took my journal, just stuck it in my jacket. And when the day was concluding, I told him that I was going to peel off and we parted ways. And I went over and found this little bench at the top of the mountain and sat down and opened the journal and started to capture some notes. And that was good. It was it was nice, <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't the real purpose for having that journal. So after about 10 or 15 minutes of reflection, I closed it up and started down my last run of the 2017-2018 ski season. And I didn't get too far down there before, boy, did it ever just come gushing. So I literally just stopped in the middle of this run, skied over to the right side of it, and opened my journal and just started capturing. And what it was, in essence, was that this has been great for me. It's been a nice sabbatical, if you will. But now it's time to take this out to others, to share this experience, to broaden my reach and broaden my work of what I've been doing. It wasn't now about the rest and rejuvenation that I was able to get. Now it was about giving to others, about spreading it, about that kind of spiritual experience that I had enjoyed. Now allow others or help others or guide others to enjoy that. I hope that communicates. So I finished that ski run, probably with tears coming down my cheeks. And just the whole experience, the whole thing was just amazingly beautiful. Well, winter turned into spring and spring turned into summer. And there I still was and might still have been. However, that feeling of change had started to grow. Aspen can be a wonderful place, but it can be very lonely as well. And during off-season, everything just shuts down. I mean, it becomes a small town becomes a tiny town. And there were just a number of different things that were going on. So when I came to Dallas in late May, I did a podcast around that. And there will be a part two of this podcast to basically tell you the rest of the story. But while I was in Dallas in late May, there were just a number of things that I started to ruminate on that... The feeling that feeling that Amir was talking about of the shift was starting to happen to me. Let's just put it that way. I was starting to feel this pull back to Dallas. And like I said, there was a stack of reasons why, but it just was starting to pull. Well, I flew back to Colorado. On the drive back from Denver to Aspen, there are two amazing fishing lakes that in the early summer of the year, uh, you can catch really big fish easier. This is, just sounds pathetic, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like my life, goodness sakes. I had to stop. I had all my stuff with me. I had the tube. I had the fins, the waders. I had all of it in there with me. Yes, it was premeditated. And I could not drive by those lakes. See, this was the other problem. This was the other problem that I was going through is there are just so many amazing, wonderful distractions in Colorado that take up your time. And they are amazing but they take up your time. So I couldn't, I didn't have enough self-control to drive past those lakes. <laughs> so I had to stop. And I caught this big fish and that was it. That I was good. One was enough. Packed everything back up off to Aspen. Now I mentioned my yogi buddy, Hemet. He had invited me to a yoga festival in New Mexico in the middle part of June. That was on the books. And around that, I just was getting this pull and several other things lined up in place. 
that I'll tell you about in the next podcast. But I made the decision that when I went to the yoga festival that I was going to keep going and not go back to Colorado. So I started the process of unwinding things and getting ready for the transition. And I can't tell you how right that decision continued to feel. And then I would get these little confirmations. A speaking opportunity arose in July slash August in Dallas. My son told me that he was moving back in late June. He and his wife are moving back from Houston. So we, my daughter is just going through these, doing these amazing things in her job. So just all of these things started to add up and little signs of confirmation along the way just made my heart sing. And I came back with the intention, the clear intention of the purpose to really extend everything that I've been doing. Colorado was a sabbatical. It was a wonderful sabbatical. In fact, coming up in a couple of podcasts will be another interview with Fred Dodson about a very interesting book series that I just completed with him. And in as we were talking beforehand, uh, Fred said, it seems like you went to Colorado to do all of those audiobooks. Because I think of the 21 books that I've now narrated for Fred, probably 15 of them were done in Colorado. So that became part of the unexpected purpose of that. But this purpose of being in Dallas now is going to be to really get focused and to extend everything that I've been working on. And that means many different things, and that will start to unfold, and we'll kind of use this venue of our little front porch swing here together to do that. But that's what I've already started working on. I didn't even get unpacked and get things settled before I hit the ground running. I've been here just a very brief period of time and already working on some of these things that we're talking about. So, first of all, a pitch for the next podcast, because that will kind of complete the whole thing. You'll get the rest of the story and go, oh, wow, okay, I get it now. The other thing is to be in tune with those inner feelings. That was the biggest shift that took place for me in Colorado, was learning how to hear and follow that voice. Do I do it? Uh, 100% of the time? Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, not yet. When will you learn, Thomas? It is always there to guide us in our soul's path. It's there to look out for us. It's there to give us the right direction. I'm getting better. I'm a lot better, but sometimes that ego mind still argues, still gets in the way. And you know what? The consequences can be, well, not good sometimes. Or, you know, we say that, the consequences can be different than the original intention. Let's put it that way. Because in this path, the way that, that I've been advocating that we can live is everything can work together for good. So whether it seems quote-unquote good or quote-unquote bad, at the end of the day, all things can screw together and work well. But the one big takeaway for me from Colorado was to hear those messages, and then have the guts to act on them. I texted one of the podcast listeners who I've become close to, and we communicate frequently, that I was doing this, and he came back and he said, man, I just love how you live like that, how you follow your feelings. I've really become a lot more committed to that, certainly lately, but even through this experience is reinforcing that. So my commitment continues to be to hear that voice, to feel those feelings, and to act in that direction. 
Now, sometimes, and I hear this a lot, sometimes people don't hear that voice or feel those feelings. What do you do then? I had the opportunity, while I was connected with Fred, to ask that question because it came up in the context of this podcast that we recorded a couple of days ago. So let's go to the guy who has coached me very well, Fred Dodson, and I want you to hear what he said about the intuitive prompt. That feeling is what actually brought you to Aspen and took you away from Aspen. That's right. Exactly. Because the mind, you see, the mind gets stuck. The mind is like, since I had a good time in Aspen and intuition told me to go to Aspen, I have to stay in Aspen. But no, things change. So you trust that intuition and intuition tells you when it's time to move on, then you move on. So you're already doing it. Yeah, you, you rely on intuition and all things work out in the long run. You rely on the mind. Things may work out at first, but they don't in the long run. It's not a voice. It's a choice. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's, a, it's not a voice. It's a feeling, actually. A voice is literally something in the mind. That's why um, rather than trying, you know, trying and meditating in order to get intuition as soon as that you're distant from it, there's a sense of intuition being completely natural it's a natural part of your body your body can feel by nature by birth Um, and if you are in touch with your body rather than dissociated from it it's 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 as easy as one abc and one two three it's so easy in fact that all these efforts might take you further away from it so i guess you got to realize that it's very easy and also you got to realize what we do to dissociate ourselves from feeling. You know, uh, people stuff themselves with all kinds of foods and they sit in front of their screens all day, receiving imagery from a television set. They they receive a 100,000 images and feelings from the television set and then they ask me, why am I out of touch with my, my feelings, you know? Uh, and why can't I create any images in my mind? After they, they, they're they overwhelmed with emotions and images from the TV set. So that's just way too much. And that goes back to silence, you know, and, and being in silence and being in touch with who you are and in touch with your body. So all this these questions feel like effort to me. And I'd like to give back that it's much, much less effort than that. It's instantaneous. Everybody has it from birth and by nature. And you do know by how your body feels, by how your muscles react, uh, by how your knees react, uh, by what you feel in your throat and your chest, you do know what's going on. Okay. If, if I um, stop this talk with you now and I sit down And let's say I start a little project here and I start feeling weird about it in my chest. Well, maybe I should do another project. Let's see how this project feels. Oh, that feels better. That makes me feel more bright and light. Okay, let's do that project. And intuition is as easy and simple as that. That, That's something people can develop, you know, or I get this email and it feels really awful. Then why do you pursue it? Why do you agree uh, meeting with that person that feels really awful? So it's instantaneous. Everybody has it already, okay? They talk about it all day. Oh, that that, that seems good. That doesn't seem so good. Um, so 
everybody knows what feels right, sounds right, looks right, you know, is right. <laughs> and what doesn't isn't. Simple as that. <laughs> I have a little silly example, but it was so poignant. When I was driving back from Colorado, I was towing a U-Haul with, it was a small trailer, but it just had, you know, the necessities of life, ski equipment, fishing gear, et cetera. And, <laughs> and I pulled into this gas station in West Texas. And as I, I, went, in, I went inside and then I was coming back out to the car, I here, just felt to change the oil, to check the oil. And sure enough, I raised the hood and the oil was over a quart low. Right. You just felt, Thomas, you just felt, you know, and if, you, if you're around people who, who don't understand to try to grasp things by control, by the mind, they, they don't get it. Why would you have to check your oil now? Uh, um, you know, we're in a hurry. Let's let's move on. And, and, and you say, I just feel it. But they'd like you to explain why you want to change the oil. But intuition needs no explanation. And, and that's the thing. I've had to many times just, just ignore those voices from around me, you know. I'd say, no, I'm not going to do that. And they'd, they'd ask me, then why? Explain, explain why. And, and I couldn't come up with an explanation. Just say, I don't feel it's right. I just don't want to do it, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's why I hope more and more people get in touch with it. Now, you've heard from the podcast how I first got really clearly connected to this was on the hiking trails. I'm going to have to figure out how to replicate that here. I'm also going to have to figure out how to replicate the exercise value that I got on the hikes because I've not found how I'm going to do that. And I'm committed to not having that area of my life suffer. So I know that that will be provided and that will surface. And I'm definitely going to be looking for it. But the way that I very first got connected was just that magical experience of being on those hiking trails, and that voice appeared. It just appeared. So it was a beautiful place, a beautiful space, doing something I totally enjoyed. Maybe that's a clue. I'll let you know what happens on this end to replicate that here, because I don't have that environment. But we'll get that figured out. This will be continued, and we have more coming up. I've got another really cool little sequence that I'm going to tell you that I got from one of Amir's recordings while I was driving from Colorado to Aspen, and I'll tell you about that in a future podcast as well. So we've got a lot of really great stuff coming up. The bottom line of this that I would love to just imprint on your forehead, hear those feelings, and follow them. And when you do you'll be able to even more enjoy the journey. I'm Thomas Miller from Dallas. Thanks for listening. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.